just before going on ahead, this is a spoiler warning uh, for both Echo and uh, Season 2 of Marvel's What If series. So if you have not seen them, please check the episode after you watch both series. See you guys! TNMP, the Nerdy Misfit Podcast, with your host, with your host, with your host Connor O'Neill and Matthew Hughes. What is up, Nerdy Misfits? It's Connor and Matt. Hello, it's us again, crazy. Back with another episode. A long-awaited episode. Exactly. Maybe. Maybe. Kind of, not really. I don't know. There's not really a hype. Maybe maybe some people it was long-awaited. For us, long-awaited to record. Yes, that's for sure. It feels like we've been talking about discussing these two series for a while both on and off the podcast. Yeah, one was uh, done at the end of December, and then we were going to wait for the other show to be done just to kind of do a two-up. And then we got distracted by other things that came up, like the Crunchyroll Awards, stuff that we didn't plan. But we're we're pretty far planned now. Yeah, heck yeah, we are. We've got a lot of... so good. We've got a lot of episodes in the pipeline already planned, some recorded. The saddest thing, actually, is we recorded a pretty amazing Batman episode. I won't spoil exactly what it is. But if I do say so myself, it was a pretty fun and good ep. And we've now pushed it back like seven, You won't be weeks. seeing it for another like two months, basically. But when we first recorded it, we recorded two episodes in one day. And we're like, oh, yeah, nice. We're ahead. And then as we started looking at things coming out yeah different like things coming out or Crunchyroll uh, awards being announced etc different things we were going to cover we're like oh no and we just it just kept getting pushed back kept getting pushed back we're getting we're cr- closing in on episode 100 so some things got pushed back because of that and now it's like yeah it's like two two months pushed and now here we are <laughs> but it was a good app i think we had I'm a lot pumped of to release that episode i was talking to um I was actually at the comic book store today and I was like asking them that exact question. And the owner of the comic book store was like, I, I don't know. And even like I was with Eddie as well, who's been on the podcast before I asked him the same question. And funny thing is, is he said someone that we didn't even put in it. Yeah. Really? And he's like, well, they, that person would have had to lead it. And I was like, interesting. That is the big thing. The, the, without super spoiling it, the leader is kind of how it, how certain characters would come out, I think. Mm -hmm. And I think we, I think with your initial option is best. I I think think. so too. I think it it makes the most sense. And then the way we, Oh, it's just so good. Such a good episode. I go on a massive rant too. It is so funny. Um, but yeah, look forward to that in two months. (laughs) Uh, anyway, so here we are. We're uh, talking. (laughs) Let's start with the animated one first. Okay. So, for those of you who don't know, we're going to be discussing the Marvel What If Season, season two, 2, as well as the Echo series that both are on Disney+. Plus. Uh, like Matt said, Echo came out at the end of December, uh, or vice versa? At the beginning of January. Um, what the If of January. did what uh, if? nine episodes, one and one after another after another, like nine rows in a day. I think it was like Boxing Day to New Year's kind of thing, or the 22nd or something. So... This is kind of our Marvel content for most of the year, unless they end up for movies or something. Yeah, I don't really know other than like Deadpool, if which it gets d- which finished. did get finished wrapping filming recently. Uh, I saw yeah, Ryan Reynolds. Uh, straight up, I don't post. think we're going to be really talking about Madam Web. We 
might um, we might talk about it but not as a its own thing we will go see it yeah as it stands right now madam web and craven the hunter and then deadpool would be the three marvel Mar- but two of them are weak sony. are sony so it's weak weak marvel on that side but yeah so i guess we'll talk about the what if first so if you're unfamiliar the What If series is an animated series by Marvel, and basically it's as simple as it sounds. It's what if, and then dot, 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 proceed to say exactly. character do something that didn't happen in the main continuity. Exactly. So we can just go blurb, blurb per episode quick if you want. All right. Well, Break down each first of all, episode. How, did you, comparative to season one, did you like, no. dislike? I think I think season one was a lot stronger. Like if you look at season one, like you had, what if Captain Carter was the first Avenger? What if Takala became Star? What if the world lost its Mightiest Heroes? You know, the Marvel Zombies episode. They did like, have both Easter eggs and continuations, though, of they some did. of those things. Yes, for sure. Which I didn't dislike, but I also wasn't really expecting because I thought that's kind of a cop out continuing a, a, what, a what if and a what if. Yeah. I understand the multiverse concept that they're trying to go through with the what if show so I can understand it i'm not the biggest fan of it but what ifs uh but yeah season two first episode what if nebula joined the nova corps honestly super I think this predictable was, episode but i thought it was one of the better ones really okay um mostly because it it felt more in line with the classic what if yep we were like okay yeah that's pretty out there that's unusual and we haven't really gotten much about the Nova Corps overall. No, I would say overall this season feels like it focused more on like B-list characters. It didn't feel as MCU heavy. Yeah, I would agree with the yeah. It's not fully directed to the main storyline. Which is also, I think, good. It's good, but also it doesn't make as much sense for what if. Exactly. Because if you're a casual MCU watcher and you've only watched Marvel films... Or even even if you just watch all the MCU content, but you're not into comics or into the TV shows, what are you getting from the what if? Is you're not getting as much from it unless I guess you could actually just skip certain episodes and be like I don't know and just skip it. Yeah, if you don't care about Nebula, why watch this episode? But you know, yeah, um, I feel like the what if should just be more focused on the strictly MCU because then it's in line with it. Mm -hmm. But obviously, I like. It's nice to see other characters get the spotlight, which if they're yeah. on the MCU, then you're not going to see them in a series. So exactly. I get both sides, but I feel like if you're trying to get casual watchers, you almost are forced to be like, hey, this is what if insert MCU character or event in MCU. Yeah. Switch it. But yeah, uh, it was predictable, but you know, uh, I don't mind the kind of like dry humor that Nebula has. It kind of bounces and off. As you watch the rest of this, it felt like humor was almost too forced down your throat. And in certain episodes, more than others, yes. It was definitely. It wasn't the more. Oh, I sneaked that nice joke in there. Level of Marvel humor. Humor. It was almost just too much. It's kind of forced, yeah. Especially the the one Iron Man episode, which we'll get to. We'll get to, yeah. But um, yeah, a lot of the humor was not, it wasn't hidden, was not hitting at all for me. Good return of Howard the Duck. <laughs> yeah, that was very weird, the Howard the Duck. Also, what's with, uh, what's his face? Uh, 
the uh, the Krog or whatever his name, the Brock guy. Korg. Korg. Why is he in everything? He's like almost in like every other episode. People love Korg, man. Um, but yeah, very predictable episode. Um, I guess the only thing I really liked was that it's cool to see the good side of Nebula. Yeah. We kind of see her character development a little bit through the MCU, and this one really shines on her, like, you know. As if she's, like, a solo act and, like, oh, okay, I did bad things, but I'm going to make up for it. Yeah, exactly. On to episode two, which I feel like is clickbait. Yeah, what if Peter Quill attacked Earth's Mightiest Heroes? He didn't, didn't attack, attack. No, he, he was a child. Yeah, he was a child. It takes place in 1988. He just goes back to his home yeah. planet. We see Howard Stark. The cool thing about this ep if you want to say it cool, is that we see like a pre-Avengers Avengers. Yeah, we see a pre-Avengers Avengers. We see Hank Pym with the Ant-Man stuff more. We see Thor. Yeah, that one didn't really make sense. Yeah. But, I mean, Peggy Carter, she's a cool character with the Captain Carter kind of thing. Um, but I do feel overall now, I want a season three without Captain Carter. I feel like she's been like, she's kind of like what you're talking about, like a reoccurring story. Why is she in most of these episodes? Yeah, I don't know. She's a cool character. Don't get me wrong. But again, if you're doing a what if story, just do something more, you know? Yeah, this one is probably one of the... Well, uh, the and next... then we see like Eagle the Planet again. And, yeah, and I, if you know Matt, you know that he's not a big Guardians fan overall. And yeah. he really didn't like Guardians 2. No, I really didn't. So... That's just like a flash in the pan double, of Guardians 2. Yeah. Double negative. For what me. if Happy Hogan saved Christmas? So this was the Christmas special episode, if you will, of the Yeah, this show. came on either like the 24th or the 25th. And uh, it was okay. Um, yeah, I guess that, that's about it. It had uh, Hammer as like the antagonist. I think it was an interesting like it was just it's not even like a what if it was just like this just kind of happened some of the stuff didn't make sense when they were trying to contact the avengers and all of them were busy like i get that that was supposed to be funny yeah but also like it didn't make much sense like it was an emergency yeah hello <laughs> and then yeah the whole happy being hulk hogan hulkified was weird i feel like it was a joke on like hulk hogan the wrestler kind of mm -hmm. thing I think it's more weird when that comes back later for no reason whatsoever. Yeah. But we'll get to that. Um, yeah, so moving on. Episode four. What if Iron Man crashed into the Grandmaster? So this is basically end of Avengers 1. This was one of the better concepts. what ifs. It just wasn't good on the latter half. Like Not a fan of Mad Max. The start of the what if was good. Yeah. What if Tony Stark didn't return after he closed the portal? Cool concept. Return of the Korg. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Korg returns again. But uh, this one was way too forced on the humor. Because, well, one, if you've seen the Grandmaster in the MCU, he is a bit cringe. and I think, yeah, the they top. really tried to go with the humor of Thor Ragnarok. But then they really pushed hard on it, and it was just... I don't think I found any of the jokes funny at all. Yeah. We see, like, the weird return of the duo of, like, Gamora and... Tony Stark, because we've seen that a little bit in season one, I believe. Yeah, the ending um, of this episode was interesting. Yeah. It's like they're trying to like just make sequels of what ifs. Like they set up so they're like, oh, we'll revisit and continue this. I'm like, okay, but then 
what if yeah you're just, not like you just yeah. keep continuing uh, like, don't you have original ideas exactly which brings the episode five what if captain carter fought the hydra stomper so we i like s- the hydra stomper i think it's really cool the concept is this is probably one of the stronger what if concepts because everything's twisted right we got we got well she's part of the main avengers Right, she basically is Captain America. She's Captain America in this world. And then we've got her partnered with Black Widow. Yep. And in this world, the Winter Soldier, if you will, is basically yeah, Steve Rogers. It's just that he is in a giant the Hydra Stomper, yeah. which is basically the Iron Man suit, the evil Iron Man suit from the first Iron Man. Yeah. Like the Iron Monger. Yeah, he's basically just this Russian Iron Man. Yeah, that's honestly the best way to. And uh, and uh, Rhodes and this is a senator. Yeah. No, not Rhodes. Uh, well, no, he's Rhodes is still the same. And uh, the Winter Soldier, Captain Buggy. Is oh a, yeah. He is a uh, a senator. So, but he's old. Yeah. So it's kind of like everyone's kind of mixed around. Yeah, this one definitely had, I think, probably the best premise for a good what if. And like, then it's as predictable as you'd expect, where it's kind of like, okay, they want to save. Captain Rogers after they figure it out who it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and then they fight the uh, Red Room, which was interesting. Different. It was good to see the return of that a bit, like adding the proper MCU Russian. It maybe had a couple of okay jokes in it too, like the the little quippiness between yeah. Black Widow and uh, What's-Her-Face from the Red Room. Like that was nice. This is definitely one of the better episodes, I'd say, yeah, I agree. It's if not one of the, better. the best of the season. I don't know if that's, but it's definitely, I'd say, like, of the nine, it's better. I didn't like the ending. I think it might be the best one. I think, because this was the ending that, like, tied it into the the story for the second half of the season, mm-hmm. right? Um, And then we got episode six, so is, uh, what if Kahori reshaped the world? So this is MCU's original character. She is not in the comics. She's not anywhere else other than this episode here. Well, maybe we'll, well see her now. Yeah. Um, what did you think of this episode before I go off about it? Um, thought it was okay. The concept makes sense. The only issue I have with it is the what if part of it in terms of MCU, right? If you're going into the series as a, what if this happened in, like, for example, the Watcher, the whole, the series is the Watcher continues the journey as our guy through the multiverse, mm-hmm. introducing brand new and familiar faces throughout the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This is not a pre-established MCU anything. The only thing is the Tesseract, right? That's, that's the, that's well, the, the what if of part of it. Kind, kind of, because that also kind of goes because what ends up starting the episode was Ragnarok happening. Like Surtur yeah. comes and Odin fights Surtur and then Asgard gets destroyed. And then that leads with the Tesseract coming to earth. And then this is the, the Tesseract is what basically ends up giving some powers, but yeah. Yeah. From a what if standpoint, it was weird. It almost feel, felt like it belonged more in a, uh, its own thing if but there was like wouldn't... a journey through the mcu or something yeah like some sort of show that was like oh here's things we there are no movies or shows about but we're gonna give you a 20 minute but yeah but then a I 20 don't... minute hey this is this character that exists 
in this timeline of the MCU. Yeah. It just didn't feel as big of a what if for me. No, I would agree with the what if for sure. It didn't feel like a what if. Yeah. Uh, it was uh, interesting. Also, it, from a history point of view, we have, in this case, I think it was the Spanish that came mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, classic Westerners just trying to take over land. And uh, to give you context, this episode takes place in like the 1600s. Oh, basically, yeah. It's old. For the listeners. But it's, uh, yeah, the Spanish trying to just take land and they're trying to find the Fountain of Youth. And the Fountain of Youth is this Forbidden Lake. Forbidden Lake that tell ends up, it actually teleports people to this different realm i guess yeah like uh, the the sky the sky people like the sky world where they're basically immortal now they have powers mortal power yeah but the interesting part is they don't want to return yeah and our main character ends up going here and does want to return because she wants to save her people who are currently under attack classic um my thoughts on this episode very similar to you Oh, and the cool thing was it was in the language. That's that's my highlight was, of this episode. So is the episode Yubis, came out in Mohawk. So that was interesting, and that's like kind of a cool little detail. I was very surprised they did that, I'll be honest. The fact that this of like this is on episode six, you can only if you're watching it this way, it is in Mohawk. Like you can put a different language on it, obviously. Um, but it's all subbed in traditional Mohawk language. Um, if you do want to watch in English, you can go through the extras page on Disney Plus to watch in English if you want. Which the main actress that voices it in Mohawk also did the English dub, which is just kind of I don't know, just snippet there. Who also? Fact, who also, which we'll get to later, plays Bonnie in Echo. But we'll talk about Echo in a little bit. Um, I don't know. This kind of supports my theory that I've been chatting about on the podcast for the last little bit of the MCU moving in a way that the infinity stones are transferred into like entities now where Wanda is one of them. Loki is one of them. And now we have Kahori who is tech literally an entity for well, the, what is this set up for? I don't know. I don't have an answer for that, but I'm like, it's the premise of like love cool. Then exchange. It's just cool to see the stones still exist. I guess yeah. like, Oh yeah. The stone may not be the stone anymore, but there's an entity that now yeah, energy can that. never be destroyed. It's just yeah. transferred kind of concept. Right. So maybe they're creating some weird infinity Illuminati esque situation. Maybe I don't or maybe know. there's some sort of impact event if in Secret Wars that involves having all the new all the powers that are the entities of the stones. Because realistically, they're all becoming gods. I know Loki's already a god and already yeah. lives outside of time well, and space. He's now, uh, transcended his original godness. Yes, now he is a superior god. Yeah. Um. Now uh, episode seven, probably my least favorite episode. Which one was this? What if Hela found the Ten Rings? Oh, yeah. That one was really uh, weak. I thought the the concept of of uh, Odin banishing her, similar to how he banished Thor... Yeah, with was, her crown. ...was a cool start. It was a cool start, and then, and it, then just it just fell you know, flat. I don't understand, like, why the Ten Rings and... I didn't really understand how the Ten Rings even connected to anything. Like, so she, like, what? Went to Japan, like... China or something? China, I guess. Yeah, I'm not too I'm not too sure um what the what the goal was there. Cuz it didn't really feel like she learned any lessons either. Yeah, like which it was like the whole concept of like the banishment for Thor. Yeah. What did she learn? 
she like found it automatically and she was like yo that's that's my helmet yeah yeah she didn't even she didn't even care she was like oh there's this other thing and yeah now i want the 10 rings i'll pretend to join their culture yeah i'll want i'll try and get that power and then boom we find the secret village and the weird thing and then yeah instantly yeah instantly got led to a village that no one's really supposed to know about by trevor the weird headless looking thing but dragon um yeah, she joins, and then Heimdall's like, oh, I have no idea where she is. And then all of a sudden, Odin's later on was like, yo, I know exactly where she is. It's fine. And you're like, oh, okay, cool. And then they team up. Yeah. I just, I just don't know. And then she ascends. She, like, gets her helmets back, and is all of a sudden worthy enough. But then what is the power of Hela? To break a rock. <laughs> nice see what i mean i don't know probably the weakest episode in my opinion followed by the next episode which is also pretty weak what if the avengers assembled in 1602 yeah this one um well yeah i don't know and I'll, it, no, i don't know i don't even know where to start really it's based on a comic which is nice Which and all. Which you think that they would want to follow more. It was weird to see like a Nick Fury that was like 1602 Nick Fury, like literally looked just like him. Yeah. I'm not the biggest fan of uh, when they have to make a character look identical to a character that exists for us. Not always the biggest fan of like, oh, let's go to 1602 and oh, there just so happens to be a character that is literally Nick Fury, but he's not Nick Fury, but he... But he is. Like Roger's Hood instead of Robin Hood. Exactly. That whole thing. Um, Thor. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. See, that's something I can get on board with. Okay, this hero can transcend that amount of time, you know? Yeah. Um, and why not just have a unique cast of people that potentially could be in the 1600? Yeah. I mean, I did enjoy the way they did Bruce Banner with him, like, wearing the Iron Mask and, like, being like, no, guys, like, leave me alone kind of thing. Like, I don't want to... Yeah, I don't want to participate. Yeah, I thought that was good. The thing that makes me want dislike this episode, though, is that Hulk Hogan is, like, the villain. Or Happy Hogan, sorry, is, like, the villain, like, one of the bandits and stuff like that. And then he hulks out and becomes the weird thing that he was in the weird Christmas episode. And I'm that like, what? That also doesn't take place in the 1600s. That does... Irrelevant. You know who would have been a good 1600? Some sort of, if they're going to just reuse characters that are existing already mm-hmm. and just make them 1600-ified. Yeah. Doctor Doom. Doctor Doom would have been really fun. Just um like an old school Doctor Doom looking guy. Well, even like freaking the Spider-Man. Spider-Man was not like literally d- Count Otto Von Doom is one of the main characters in the Marvel 1602 story. Oh, well, there you go. I've so never even read it and I'm seeing it makes sense. You're in it, man. Cuz that's what makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Like, Petros and his sister Wanda, like, they had stuff here. And this is actually a, a book. This is a story I've wanted to read. Like, Sir Nicholas Fury is obviously there. Which is kind of dumb. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I just like him. All power to you. Like, you had, like, Matt Matthew Murdoch, a blind Irish minstrel. <laughs> who's, like, an entertainer and stuff like that. Like, you had, you had all these characters. Yeah, the four from the Fantastic a band of explorers who gained powers from their ship encounter strange energy vortex at sea. 
you know, Captain well, Benjamin Grimm, Sir Richard alternate Reed. Uni- like alternate universe, so I guess it doesn't matter. They can't. This is just, there is no another Nick Fury. This is the Nick Fury. He just lived in the 1600s instead yeah, exactly. of modern time. Anyways, the and finale. Then, well, the ep- that episode ends with um, you seeing the weird timeline-esque thing where Thanos, and it's all like the weird stones and everything. It just didn't, yep. whatever. And then, yeah, and then Peggy Carter sees Doctor Strange, but it's obviously the Doctor Strange from season one who was heartbroken was instead of his hands or whatever. And then we get to the finale of the season of what if Strange... What if Strange Supreme intervened? And this is just, yeah, like Matt said from season one, basically just have a broken down Doctor Strange who's manipulating Captain Carter and... uh, Kahori returns. Kahori returns because he's trapping a bunch of heroes and villains like the concept was interesting but then we didn't really see the outcome of that really like we did a little bit of giant army and then of course he's like well what if this happened to steve and she's like oh steve wouldn't approve of this and i wouldn't approve of this and then they fight dr strange exactly and then uh everything kind of i mean the killmonger shows up and then they become overpowered basically because she ends up using like Hela's helmet and the infinity stones and her shield. And then Kahori gets some, has her powers, has her powers. And there was just a lot. And then it does end obviously with them going to the new timeline because the whole thing is like, Oh, Dr. Sorcerer Supreme, whatever the hell's name is, is like, Oh, trying to find like the timeline there that she feels loved and she's happy and everything like that. And then Mm -hmm. it's revealed that he creates that timeline, but that means Doctor Strange was never existing in that. And that's kind of the way the episode oof. ends. And it's like, oof, heartstrings, but... What was it, though? At least they didn't uh, go super hard on the humor for that one. True. But yeah, overall, if I was to give it a score out of 10... Six and a half. Yeah, I was going to say like a six, maybe even a five and a half. Yeah. It's tough. It's, it is... To be fair, it is tough because you want to make something unique, different. But we've we mentioned off off a podcast before that it just feels like there's so many options. And like for the name, what if? Just pick an epic moment or an epic character yeah. moment in the. There's a lot of MCU movies and shows now. Pick a movie. Pick, yeah, like, you could even go on MCU order. Yeah, start with just, Iron Man. What if Iron with... Man died? What if the explosion at the end, like what if Iron Man never left the cave? Yeah. What if Rhodey put on the suit during Iron Man 1? There you go. See, now like, we're talking. Not, I mean? not maybe next time. How about this Yeah, time? what if he, yeah, he's like, no, this is the time. And goes to put on, then War Machine starts there. Would that affect everything, you know? How would that change things? He exactly. wouldn't be experiencing that in the slightest. So he could have easily died. Yeah. And then that may have caused Tony to stop wanting to be Iron Man. Thus, the Avengers. You know what I mean? Like, And Iron Man 2, what if Tony Stark couldn't make the element to stop his sickness? And yeah, and he dies. From the poison, yeah. There's, there's, a, there's a lot of things. Uh, the easiest one also is you can just, what if Nick Fury couldn't get ex-Avenger? Exactly. And you just add a new, you just straight up add a new Avenger. What into if the Thor Avengers? didn't become worthy and someone else picked up the hammer? There you go. Like... What if we had a different Thor for the entire MCU, basically? Everything. So many options. That's that's the thing. I feel like that would have been a better way of going through is just going through a lot of the movies and just being, what if X moment or X thing didn't happen to X character or, mo- or thing? Well, even another big one. What if they defrosted Captain America like a year later? 
Oh, after the later. T- t- like the Tatori like yeah. already attacked Earth, Captain America is waking up to like not an apocalyptic world, but like where they lost, and he's like, "What the heck happened?" Yeah, exactly. A lot better. There's a lot of options. There's a lot of options. That's just in phase one. A ton of options. What if Daredevil didn't get blinded? Yeah. That's another big one. I'm just saying, there's a lot of interesting options. I mean, the biggest one that would be the probably the best what if is that what if the other half got dusted instead? <laughs> like, that would probably be the best what if. Yeah, how did how did the whoever... The opposite, you know? Yeah, how do they figure it out? Exactly. Like, that, that would true. be a big one, I think. I mean, we could do a whole episode just on that theory, but like... Tony Stark would be in rough shape. Well, all of the original Avengers wouldn't be there because it was basically all the original Avengers that survived and a couple others. Yeah, that's true. What would Spider-Man do? <laughs> Literally, it's like... Because <laughs> all the OP ones what survived. Would, what would Peter Parker do? Yeah, Ant- Ant-Man stuff. would still get out, but like, he, you know that, what I mean? Because their answer is they time travel. And who would create the time travel? Yeah, a lot of the smart people are, are making the time machine. So who would they have that has the intellect to make a time machine? Exactly. Victims, survivors. So Hulk, Hawkeye, um, Ms. Marvel, Daredevil, apparently, um, Ant-Man, Korg, Nebula, uh, War Machine, Rocket, Captain America, Wong, Valkyrie, Thor, Tony, and uh, Moon Knight, and Black Widow. So it would be tough. I guess you'd be heavily reliant on Nick Fury. And maybe he has some people that are high intellect. Well, maybe Hank Pym, because he wouldn't have got blipped. Or, 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 yes, I am a SEAL. Um, that could be a really good introduction of Mr. Fantastic. Could be that. Well, even two um Black Panther would survive, so they would oh, have that yeah. kind of technology. Mr. So Fantastic, they and and Peter, and they go to Wakanda. Between Hank Pym, Peter, and Black Panther, I think something. Could... Why are you leaving out Reed Richards? Well, because he's not technically existing. Yeah, but it's a what if. But it's true. What if. He could be there too. It's a good way to introduce him. I think it'd be dope. Imagine what if, right, this happens and then he shows up. He shows up in the MCU, like in, in like picture this in the actual movie mm-hmm. where he, similar to Ant-Man, where Ant-Man just kind of shows up at the front door. Yeah. Obviously, Ant-Man will still be able to do that because he's unaffected in general because he's in the quantum realm. Uh. But yeah, Reed Richards just shows up and goes, "Hey, I'm Reed. Ri- I'm, I'm Doctor Reed Richards. Um, well, I want to help. Like, what if, like, um, at the end of Avengers One, when that giant pit opens in the sky, right, and Tony goes through that, right? What if that is the anomaly that causes the Fantastic Four to be created? Oh, that's interesting. Like that, you have the perfect setup for that. I like that. I like so that. that could be a what if? What if a ship, like, went through that portal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. could be the origin of Fantastic Four. Like they have, there's a lot you can do. You're not wrong. Yeah, it wasn't my favorite. Yeah. Moving on to a better, a different show. 
Echo. Echo. Which was overall decent. Solid. I was kind of concerned because this is the first time Marvel's done something different when it comes to releasing things. Where it was, first off, it was five episodes instead of the usual standard eight to 12. And... Is it all out at once? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All five episodes released all at January 9th, I believe. Um, So it was interesting to see them just being like, yeah, boom, here you go. And in classic Disney Plus fashion, some were a little longer when needed, some were a little shorter. Yeah, so it's uh, 51, 42, 45, 40, and 37. Yep. And I'll give it a solid like seven or seven, seven and a half. Like it was just solid. Like I don't think it was bad and I don't think it was unreal, but... It picks up a few months after Hawkeye because we see uh, the main character, Maya Lopez, um, as she shoots Fisk in the head. Literally just shoots him in the face. Yeah, I was not expecting that to happen um, in the first episode. That happens at the end of Hawkeye. Oh, right. That is what happened. Yeah. She shows up. I so I enjoyed that the beginning of this episode was right a flash, flashback yeah. of like, hey, this is so, where she's from. This is Hawkeye. This is what she does. This is where we are. The thing that they also do well in the first episode this is just obviously a writer choice, but it makes sense is they established that she's a good fighter. Yeah. Right. Like fight with the daredevil. Fight with daredevil. Nice. Exactly. That you, that was the only time you see him, mm-hmm. but it was a good like, Hey, okay. We need to establish like why she's a bat, a yeah. badass basically. Like how, where, where, where is she on that power mm-hmm. scale? And, the she, fight with Daredevil kind of gives you that, okay, she can hold her own. Yeah, exactly. It was interesting because that's like one deaf person versus a blind person. Like it's, I did find that very it's interesting. It's very interesting, that aspect. Um, Although she doesn't have a power based on being her uh, disability. Yeah. yeah, she doesn't get heightened senses. Or do, does she? I don't or, know. I, that's one thing that's, that's a, little, a little unclear. We'll talk about it, but um, as a, I don't know. I can skip through a couple like interesting things before we get into the story. But I mean, personally... The use of sound was very beneficial. I enjoyed that you kind of felt the from her sound? point of view. Yeah. Like especially in episode five, when it's about to, like the fight's about to go down at the the powwow and her friends there like signing and everything, and you just hear like radio silence almost. I liked the scene in the uh roller the roller rink too. The roller rink too. It's just yeah, like every now and then they would just go from the main character's perspective and it's just silent. It makes it more like intense. It does, and and the choreography for the fighting was good. All choreography was really well done, in my opinion. I was very surprised with that because I know in the past some of the Marvel shows don't necessarily have the best choreography, but I think they did really good. Um, I think all the supporting characters were really good. Yeah, I, I think agreed. There was not any supporting characters that I was like, "Ugh, let's get this scene the over." Grandma with. kind of annoyed me, but in a way that the characters written it worked. made sense yeah. for the character. It was just, oh, yeah, yeah. I was a bit annoyed. That's fair. I would agree with that, but it, in a good way. In a way that made sense. Yeah. Um. Obviously, she loses her daughter, mm-hmm. and she doesn't forgive. Um, her husband. Her, the yeah. Son, she doesn't. Her son-in-law. son-in-law doesn't forgive him, and in doing so, also doesn't reconnect with her granddaughter because of it. And it's because her granddaughter reminds her so much about her daughter. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, the grief that she had causes her to uh, end things with her husband at the time. Yep. So, although I do respect the uh, her ex husband's hustle, every time she shows up, he's like flirting with her. And yeah. He's like, oh, you know, it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah, I do enjoy the chemistry on screen. But honestly, he was he just good. he uh, he still loved her, and exactly, he was a he was probably the best for me, the best characters. Uh, yeah, he's a solid. He was character. like the classic chill guy, grandpa who was just like, you know, 
why can't we all just like each other and exactly. why talk can't we just and, chill and everything's fine you know, you know? I, I haven't seen you for 20 years oh you need something okay i'll make it for you yeah. why are you getting Easy this pieces. stuff this is probably a bad idea your grandma's not gonna like i'll give it up you know you can have it anyways i'm not gonna question it whoops grandma comes in you should get back together <laughs> <laughs> exactly um yeah i think and the humor and that in his character was also good uh there was this the one scene so he has a shop and there's this white family that's coming through the town and for those who don't know uh the town is an indigenous town very it's yeah. from what i could tell the entire town slash village was yeah yeah it was it was it was implied that it was in or close to a reserve of some sort yeah yeah and so these white families going through and they stop by the shop and they want you know some stuff for the aesthetic, which I know is a big no-no for a lot of people using other people's cultures for aesthetic. I'm not going to get into that. Some people, some cultures love it. Yeah. They love when other uh, ethnicity, ethnicities are trying to promote and be, you know, as, as long as it's done tastefully. Yeah. I should say. Right? Like, I know the Japanese culture, Jap- Japanese people are big fans of when a lot of people want to be involved and you know that's that, that's a cool thing mm-hmm. but this was also a kind of a diss to your average white person <laughs> in a way which uh they're like asking for things for aesthetics and then they were speaking a language of some sort to uh like the indigenous language yeah is uh cho uh i had it in a second ago it is a uh chokta and they obviously were speaking some other different language. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming an indigenous language of someone. And uh, <laughs> the grandma just looks at like, and he's just like, what did they just say? <laughs> it's like if you were to go, go to like, uh, I don't know, like a Japanese American or a Chinese American who doesn't know yeah. um, their, uh, their mother tongue and someone just starts speaking really butchered chinese or something to the mandarin to them and they're like bro i'm american <laughs> they're like uh whoops so well, it's like uh, i think of like scenes. that rush hour scene yeah exactly like that kind of concept and everything like that so that he was good and this unlike the what if had a lot more classic marvel humor that worked i agree with that 100 percent. wasn't like forced it was just really clean uh in the moment what you know a little some some of it was more like quippy. Some of it was more just in the moment. Uh, one-liners that all just kind of worked a lot better. Yeah, in my opinion, I would agree with that. Um, we obviously we see the return of Vincent um, DeFerio as Kingpin. Yes, such a good actor for Kingpin. Perfect casting. Looks comic book accurate and sounds like just insane. It's so funny because anytime I look at him, I automatically think of him from. Uh, Law and Order. Yep. And then also the villain from the first Men in Black. He's the bug guy. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I know. did not even put that together. Yeah, that's him. The bug, the dude that's made out of like bugs and he's That's all, wild. Yeah. Crazy. The Kingpin. But perfect casting. Perfect casting. He looks like just yeah, right we, out of the comic book. If we want to poke some negative holes. I would say that I was confused at times of the 
way Ow. the relationship worked with the kingpin and uh, our main character. Mm-hmm. Mostly because... Part of the timeline just didn't. Yeah, uh, we see her move away as a kid to New York. And then we skip ahead to her dad dying. Then we skip ahead to the scene of her killing the kingpin because obviously the assumption is that he killed. Yeah. Either killed or was responsible for her dad dying. Hence that why she wanted the kingpin dead. Uh, but then randomly we see her hanging out with the kingpin as a kid. But her dad's still alive. So how so, one, how tight was Kingpin with her dad? Like how high up was her dad? Well, I'm reading the description and it says that he's a commander of the tracksuit mafia. And that fist became kind of like Maya's uncle. Yeah, like classic mafia, yeah. like only oh, like, you know. Like I got that idea, but it's just I just am very interested in why the Kingpin took such a liking to her specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, and still doesn't decide to. Yeah, he never learn learned ASL. Language. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. The tech was cool. It was a cool. Con- that would be really great in uh For I'm excited because people. so the day this episode comes out is also the day that Disney releases the assembled episode for the show, mm. and I'm very curious of how the the difficulties of having your main actress be deaf. Oh, you mean like some of the behind the scenes? Behind the stuff? scenes aspect, yeah. Well, like, it seemed like a lot of the cast knew. That's what I ASL, mean. ASL, yeah. So very interesting on that aspect. I know when um, they were shooting Hawkeye. I know um, Jeremy Rayner and uh, Haley Seinfeld, yeah, um, whoever played Kate Bishop, they went out of their way to learn ASL to be able to communicate with the actress more on set and on scene, and everything like that. So I don't know. I'm assuming they would have done the same thing. Um, so I'm really curious about that. I'm pumped to actually kind of watch through that. Yeah, I think for some of the negatives, I think. Yeah, I think some of the timeline the, stuff was confusing. The relationships could have been explained a little bit yeah. better. They were a little murky. Uh, it would have been nicer just to see her meet the kingpin with her dad, maybe something. Yeah, just so we could see how she initially uh, established her relationship and then why she trusted him and was so. Because obviously we see a scene where we know that the Kingpin has her back and that's why yeah. like, she looks up to him. But it would have been nice to kind of see why she would initially start trusting him with obviously her dad still being around. Um, and then the other thing is uh, it was really hard to gauge what exactly, because we obviously were dealing with some kind of power. Um, it kind of felt like a plot armor arm like power that's almost like kind of yeah. what it was because essentially from my understanding was whenever someone within the uh the ancestral line was in trouble or in need that is when the power would like a healing rise. ask pow- power yeah but then it's so in a way it's like the if you were to name it you could almost call it the plot armor power yeah in a way because <laughs> like when when you need it most, you're good. Exactly. Um, this show, this is a 50-50 for me. This show did the another cliche thing where final episode of the season, character finally gets the suit. Like, it's the most cliche superhero TV show Yeah, thing. and she got, like, a um, a piece that her grandma wor- yeah, decided that's what I to mean. work on. I think that is good. she wasn't good. even working on it forever. Yeah. She decided to work on it. I think that made it less i'm still a cliche but i think it made the cliche more meaningful it was definitely meaningful but it almost is exactly the same as ms marvel 
Ms. Marvel, Daredevil, Titans, season one, Nightwing but, didn't get it till the season but finale. But Ms. Ms. Marvel, it's more accurate because her mom did not want her to do anything. Yeah, also and true. And her grandma was not talking to her. Also true. So both of them, the and then both of them are like, okay, I'm going to do this for her. So it's even more than Daredevil because Daredevil, yeah. although he gets his suit at the end, it's not like he had someone that was bugging the crap out of him this whole time or not talking to him and that made it, you know? Well, same thing with uh, even Titans, right? I think yep. Dick gets it at the end of season. Like, it's a, it's a superhero cliche. Yeah. You just get the costume at the end of season one. Like, it is it is what it is. Um, cool, cool other things. I was talking to Connor about this. Each episode is named in order of the ancestors. Um, episode one being Chaffa, who is the one that gives them out of the cave, like in their ancestral storyline. And then episode two is Lowak. Episode three is uh, Tuklo. Episode four is Ta- Taloa. And then episode five is Maya, who's her. And we get flashbacks to a lot of these characters throughout. Which I thought show. was neat yeah. as well. Like each episode. The connections that they yeah. have. Yeah. And one of those flashbacks being episode four, um, when we see young Maya with Kingpin and he beats the crap out of the ice cream. <laughs> yeah. Which is such an... Felt really random and a little brutal, but... A little brutal, but it also showed... The be- I, this could be the beginning of their like closeness because Maya goes over well, and, that's, like I that's where I think of the established of like she could look up to the kingpin like yeah you know he had her back well like, you that's see because he calls someone like Fisk calls someone he goes like get me a new suit jacket now yeah and, and then she there. turns around the corner then she kicks the asking guy and I was talking to you about this too beforehand that it comes up saying 2008 yep. which shows that the kingpin has been this powerful mafia dude since the beginning of the mcu because the first iron man takes place in 2008 so it shows you the progression that yeah. he's essentially behind the scenes the whole time the mcu is going on kingpin's getting power and he yeah. rising has his big fists around new york exactly which leads to the mid-credit scene of the end of the season um where you have kingpin on a plane he's watching the news and it's a newscaster being like new york city really needs a new mayor and, you know, we need someone who is uh, tough and everything yet. So lack of front runners in the New York politics, mayor, mayoral elect, like mayor, mayor elections, stuff like that, which if you've read any of the comics, you know that Kingpin becomes the mayor at some point. Spider-Man film, maybe? So, well, this is going to be tying in directly into Daredevil Born Again, which, I mean, you know, if Spider-Man wants to pop up in there. He could. He could. Well, there was a lot of rumors that Daredevil was going to be in the new Spider-Man movie. So the opportunities are there. Um, it could be Sinister Six, maybe, because Fisk sets up a Sinister Six. It could be. It, there's a lot of potential, I think. With- well, this is the other weird thing, though, for the ending of this show, is that there was some weird Avatar The Last Airbender magic going on on, on the Kingpin to try and make him see the... Well, because the, the premise of the power is to heal, Yeah. right? So she heals his metaphorical trauma yeah not metaphorical but dad like, yeah his and, trauma yeah. and stuff like that which that is a direct connection i was this is interesting because you see in that flashback weird thing he's looking at the wall and like the painting and like the paint and stuff's falling off that is a direct connection to season one of daredevil and kingpin loves uh i think her name is victoria veronica or something like that yeah her painting of the white wall and like that just it ties that together and be like yeah that's the real reason for the trauma and everything behind him liking that painting because it yeah, but then he didn't learn anything. But then he didn't really learn. That's what too. basically yeah. that's the one thing I didn't like because yeah. it was like you know Avatar: The Last Airbender esque, mm-hmm. you know, it's, but not taking away bending, but that yeah. level of like, yeah, and then nothing, but nothing. Learned. That's some freaking Naruto healing. 
like yeah and then nothing nothing learned though that's yeah. the problem i mean we'll like, see we'll see we'll, i mean we'll obviously see. he takes a step if back he, ends he up gets being in a movie and he's just the best mayor and he's literally doing everything yeah. for new york city and he doesn't he's not involved in crime i'll be we'll see very we'll surprised see. um i think it's very interesting because the character itself is an indigenous character who is deaf who has a prosthetic leg and and she didn't fake it, it she didn't she literally has a prosthetic leg and is deaf and indigenous in real life like it is we're starting to see the rise of a lot of lying, uh, especially for indigenous. We're seeing it happen a lot, which is people, uh, actors lying about them being indigenous. So yeah. to me, that is very nice. Another cool thing too, is this entire season is also dubbed in the language yep. of uh, where it takes place in like the, in Tomahawk, Oklahoma is where the story takes place. But the language being, um, I, I know I've already said it. The the chalk I'm I'm butchering this and I apologize. Um the Chocta yep. Chocta language. So the entire season is dubbed in that language as well. Which is very uncommon for a TV show to be dubbed in any indigenous language. We're starting to see um, it more though. Agreed. And it looks like Disney slash Marvel is putting their foot forward in yeah. a lot of that. Which and, is nice to see. It's it's, it's cool. The one thing that I really liked about Ms. Varla was it was a completely different culture for yeah. for a lot of people who are watching the MCU. Obviously, I'm sure there's tons of MCU fans that can mm. relate, which is nice to see that there is characters they can relate to for both Echo and Ms. Marvel. Yeah. But from someone who isn't part of both those cultures, it's also not that everything has you know, you should take literally, but it's cool to experience culture. Yeah. Not only are we experiencing an indigenous culture but we're also experiencing deaf culture yeah as well there's a lot looking at her family who all learned asl friends from that also learned it so they can speak with maya and then Mm -hmm. the big line that hurts is the kingpin who loves her so much and is her uncle quotations and cares for her could never be bothered to learn asl he always had an interpreter and then when he shows up again after revealing he's not dead he gives her tech so they can communicate. Yeah. Because he's never bothered to learn. And she and Maya calls him out for it. And it's nice. Yeah. And it's yeah, honestly, I agree. Another thing too is um uh bu- 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 I'm also sorry, I'm like research reading briefly about because I was curious about this actually. Um they motion captured it. That's how they did that. For the oh, tech. Oh, for the tech, yeah. Yeah. I was actually curious of how they did that. So they motion captured it and they got someone else to voice it, obviously. Because, yeah, it was a, basically a contact for Maya so she could see um, someone signing for what Wilson mm-hmm. Fisk was saying. And uh, it was pretty cool. It was pretty neat, that's for sure. Yeah, I don't know. I think it was a pretty solid show. Um, was this it longer is, than it needed to be? I Maybe like 10 more minutes to just describe a little bit more of their relationship. But yeah, but, but, but I was actually... I'm, I, that's the one thing I f- I'm kind of enjoying about the Disney Plus shows is a lot a lot of them are not longer than they need to be. Yeah, I would agree. You know, for a lot of regular TV like Arrow and Flash, I think they suffered from having to be those 20 episode seasons, 20 plus episode seasons. I think that that, that entire CW verse kind of got out of their hands a little bit. And I think the pandemic unfortunately dampered with that too. Yeah, I think you're right. But but you know what I mean? Yeah. It, we didn't need that many episodes of The Flash to build up to 100%. The Big Bad. And that's kind of what I like about the Disney Plus. It's like, hey, we only need five episodes, six episodes, nine episodes. Um, That's another thing about 
that's making the Percy Jackson uh, show so nice, right? Season finale tonight. You know that they're not forcing it to be longer than it needs to be. They're like, hey, this is, we're telling the story, and this is how many episodes it takes to tell the story, and that's what what it takes. Something I want to point out, too, um, this is Marvel's first project that's going to be under a a sub-Marvel thing called Marvel Spotlight. Okay. Um, I'm just going to read the description off Wikipedia, but uh, in no- November 2023, 2023, uh, Marvel Studios announced their Marvel Spotlight banner for a select series that focus on more grounded, character-driven stories and are less about impacting the larger MCU narrative. Um, head of streaming Brad Winterbaum explained that the banner was created during post-production on Echo as a way to indicate to audiences they do not need to watch any other MCU projects to understand the series. Hmm. Um, obviously, it's inspired by the Marvel Spotlight comic title that was in the yeah. 70s um, that ran for about 10 years. But I think this is a good idea. I agree. And it makes me understand a little bit more why the first couple minutes was just kind of like a retelling of her character in Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. Because realistically, you don't need to watch anything else of the MCU. No, yeah, you're right. The show, for the most part, is just its own thing. Yeah. like It you, just has that... If you watch Daredevil and stuff like that and you know Kingpin, then you're going to enjoy it a little bit more. Yeah, if, the more but, you've seen of the MCU, the more you can take out of it, but you if don't If you didn't see anything, to, then... Which is smart. It's an intelligent way of... Uh, still a concrete story. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I don't know. Anything else you want to add about... Uh, no, I, I mean, unfortunately, we're not going to get, as of right now, as much Marvel content. No so it Marvel was nice shows that that, at all this year. Of these two we're talking about, we got a 50% success rate there on, on the good scale. Um, so it was nice to have a good one. Um, I hope to see more more shows similar to this, though, where it's kind of a... Uh, we're hitting a different culture a uh, and a different style hero and then jumping in and throwing them in the MCU, honestly. Exactly. Why not? I agree with that. The thing is, we don't know where we're going with the current MCU, so... Let's get some cool different characters in. Why not? Exactly. And uh, we yeah, then we'll see what else. If Marvel ends up announcing other stuff. Um, and we'll be there to watch and unfortunately, it. Unfortunately, yeah, it looks like it. we'll be suffering and watching uh, some Sony-related Marvel content Sony instead. Marvel. I don't know if DC, I think, has Joker 2 coming out. Uh, and, yeah, I guess we'll watch that. But yeah, we... Um, won't be talking unfortunately won't be a lot of marvel talk it looks like unless we uh create some mad discussion we'll have to we'll definitely put our noggins together and think of maybe something related similar to batman so we can actually talk about some of our batman episode that'll come out in a couple months yeah (laughs) but but for a marvel character but for a marvel character we're gonna need to get some marvel discussion in because uh some point yeah we'll have to i'll see what's going on in the comic book very heavy on the anime very heavy on the anime not that we want to shy away, shy away from that, but we want to talk about a little bit of other nerd stuff. Oh, you know? yeah, it is nice to talk about Marvel, Marvel content, especially when it's actually good. Yeah. Um, would love to talk about some good DC movies. Would love to. Just don't exist. <laughs> Just don't exist. We don't need to go down one of those rants. <laughs> Been there, done that. Been there, done that. But yeah, uh, let us know if you've seen the shows and what you thought about them. And, Are uh, we wrong? Did you? What did you enjoy? What did we leave out? And uh, look forward to our Batman episode. Look forward to 
that <laughs> episode because I can't give you the number in case it gets pushed back again. Yeah, but look forward to that. Uh, we got a lot coming out. Look forward to episode 100. Episode 99 is going to be fun. Episode 100 is going to be a lot of fun. We got some stuff planned for you guys. Join us in our Discord. The link tree is down below in the description. We uh, answer your guys' questions on all of our uh, normal podcasts, not review podcasts mm-hmm. usually. And uh, we love to answer them. We even give them a little check mark so you know to look forward to having bada your questions answered. You know? And uh, until then, thanks for uh, thanks for listening to us chat about uh, What If Echo and any other nerd other stuff as we do every episode. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. See ya. Bye. Bye. TNMP, the Nerdy Misfit Podcast. Don't forget to join the island by dropping a follow. Thank you. Thank and you. see you next week. Thank you.